Hey, it's Taylor from Jaded Wrestling again. You know we got to give out our shout-outs before we start the episode. So this week's podcast you should be listening to are the Bammer Chatter Podcast, the Fandalorians, the Double Countout Pod, the Brainbuster Boys, and the Elite POV Pod. Please support Wrestling Podcast and support us. Thank you and enjoy the episode. So last night we had another surprise departure and possibly return to WWE. On Impact Wrestling, they killed off Eric Young's character, and seemingly the reason is because he will be headed back to WWE into the Paul system. So when this experiment, and I use experiment lightly, started, we kind of felt like Paul had the uh, proverbial infinity gauntlet on his hand, and he was bringing back the people that we kind of had an idea he would bring back, whether it's fixing Nikki Cross or bringing back Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae or Braun Strowman or Emma. All these people are people that have flourished in the black and gold NXT era of WWE. I think there are some people that we might have forgot about, and one of those people is Eric Young. For my money, Eric Young and the stuff he's done with VBD the last year has been some of the best stuff out. Uh, when we went and saw him in the stadium tour at the Citrus Bowl or whatever it was in Florida down there, man, he's so damn good. And he's putting together the pieces to turn this into less of a show that is based on bad gimmicks and more into a show that's based on wrestling. So... If he's going to bring back Eric Young, and I heard uh, inklings that Bobby Roode might be coming back, and you got L.A. Knight on TV now, uh, slowly but surely inching his way into being a prominent character, things are looking up for WWE. And this this one really caught me by surprise because I kind of see... Eric Young as an impact loyalist to me like he's someone that obviously has bounced around a little bit he's been in NWA he's been in WWE he's been in NXT he's been in all these companies but most of the time when you think about Eric Young's career a lot of the things that come to mind are impact so I don't know how much you all know about Eric Young but if they need another player they got one uh, Triple H is doing all the right stuff, which kind of leads me into the idea of Regal coming back as well, because we have talked at nauseum about NXT and the problems they are having, whether it be Zoe Stark having issues with being able to use a microphone or Nikita Lyons having issues um, whether her punches look as real as they could possibly look, or Von Wagner and the issues he has connecting with a the fan. There's one person that truly seems to understand how to teach people the way to connect with a fan. And there was another, but it was Dusty Rhodes, and William Regal might be that next guy that can do that, because... He has had his hands in the entire WWE roster, pretty much, as far as development and making these stars who they are today. And you can kind of uh, ask anyone in the system, and they'll say, hey, listen, like, 
this guy is there and he supports us in our vision and what we want our characters to be. So if we're going to give the people of WWE, the wrestlers, a little bit more creative freedom, it starts with bringing up a couple more people from NXT, but it also starts with giving them the confidence that they need to succeed. So if William Regal truly is written off of AEW TV and destined to come back in a backstage role in WWE, don't put him on the main roster. Don't do it. Put him in NXT because there are people that are so close to being ready. They just need that little bit of confidence that he can bring them. And those people, in my estimation, that are pretty well superstars already, I think Braun Breaker's as close as you get to being perfect. Like, he could probably be successful right now if given the opportunity. But my money is on somebody like Cora Jade, who... If William Regal got a hold of, she would be a mega star because the improvements she's made in the last year under Shawn Michaels are astronomical. She has learned to work a gimmick and turn a crowd against her because she was such a face when she came in with the skateboard and the backwards hat and I'm edgy, but I'm not edgy. And now it's, it's the opposite. She showed you that she can be a true vile heel whether it's wielding that kendo stick or turning on her friends or everything that she's done in the last year she's proven that she has the the unmitigated gall to be that heel that she wants to be we have something here and this might be the best idea and hire that Triple H has had since returning to the show because he really really William Regal develops talent at a breakneck speed and creates the confidence that they need to succeed because most people when you think about uh, success when it comes to wrestling on the main roster of WWE it usually comes from confidence you don't see a lot of successful characters that aren't confident in who they are I mean look at the idea of like Bailey, for instance who came through the, the NXT system and learned her way to be confident as a face, but look at her now, the way she's turned and blossomed into an absolute superstar. And we're going to talk more about her lately because she's been getting a little flack for taking L's, and I believe that there is a way that we very, very quickly turn this around. And I don't think there's anybody that can do it except for her. But first, before we move on from Regal, I do want to talk about the ending of Dynamite and MJF and the turn on Regal. So, when you think about um, heat, natural heat, raw heat, uh, heat that really turns a crowd, there isn't a bunch of uh, examples that you can think of that are as astronomical as this was. So, before the day after when the dirt sheets revealed that the reason they did this is because he seemingly will be joining WWE again, the announcers, and specifically Tony Schiavone, sold the ever-loving shit out of this by saying things like, somebody has to deal with this shit on live TV because they were as good as actors or really shocked as they could be. I was shocked. I think the world was shocked because we all had the idea that Regal turning on Moxley means that we're going to get a manager for MJF, which he does not need, but 
Regal is good enough to where we all support him and would let him do that. So when it happened and he said the line, uh, you shouldn't have trusted the devil, I got a little bit of chill bumps. And usually for me, I when I get chill bumps, I know that there is a, uh, a real life situation occurring in wrestling, which is truthfully what I look for the most. Because the reason that I'm a wrestling fan is the idea that you can bring real-life scenarios into wrestling and make them believable. So, MJF seems to be the best in the world at that right now. Every promo he cuts comes from a real-life experience. Whether it's uh, CM Punk stiffing him at the meet-and-greet or... Uh, him being the face of the company, not Moxley. We've got to have these conversations about the tear of the year that he has had because no one else has the creative mind to say, listen, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make every single promo and every single match and every single feud and everything I do meaningful the way that Max has this year. There's nobody more deserving of that championship than Max right now. And the reason is in the viewing of the show. If you watch last week's Dynamite, you see that, you see what Max has done. Max is the best wrestler in the world. I'll go ahead and say it. My favorite wrestler? No, he's not, but he is the best. And you can't really argue with the last year. If you go ahead and put on a list the promos that he's had the last year, I would say four of the top 10 are his, at least, maybe more. So the other day I was talking to this guy and we were having the old, uh, oh, you're a wrestling fan conversation in public because I had my wrestling shirt on under my work shirt because that's what I do. And he said, oh, I see the WWE logo on your shirt. You're a wrestling fan. And I was like, yeah, I love wrestling. And he was like, oh, I met Undertaker a bunch of times and he was telling me about all these meet and greets. And I was like, oh, cool. And I casually asked him, I said, do you watch AEW? And he said, no, I don't like AEW, it's just a bunch of WWE guys, and it's like, why do you like WWE, but you don't like AEW because it's a bunch of WWE guys, which is the show you watched, but they're wrestlers that came from that show, and then he made the most controversial statement of all, because I said, well, what about MJF? I said, you don't like MJF, you don't like the things that MJF has done the last year, and he said... Truthfully, I just think he's a, a worse version of The Miz, which I, I, I almost had to fight him right there and there because it's the most egregious thing anyone has ever said. In the last year alone, MJF has lapped The Miz in everything he's ever done. There is never a promo that The Miz has cut that relates to one of the promos that MJF has cut the last year. One. I would say take any match The Miz has ever had and put it against that match at All Out. Any of them. Any of them. There is not one. So, I, I just... It blows my mind that we continually do this over and over again where we divide ourselves between two shows. We say, hey, I watch this show or hey, I watch this show. Watch them both, man. You're missing out on so much good shit if you subject yourself to one kind of show. I mean, sure, there are different things and everybody has their peccadillas and things that they enjoy, but you are just, you're shackling yourself to one type of entertainment. Why? 
let it be what it is. Let it be what it is because you are going to miss so much. Now, I did earlier uh, give a little tease that we would be talking about Bailey. So let's go ahead and get into that. Um, the conversation I had with a couple friends in the podcast community essentially said that they believe that Dakota Kai and Eosky will be turning on Bailey within the next month. And that could be true. I don't make the bookings. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't see the future. But what I can see is there is a direction to take this Bailey character where we don't have to have the turn right away. So if you recall with Moxley in the BCC, he distanced himself for a while while he had other things he was doing. So I've got to do this stuff. I can't really be focused on this faction right now. And I think that's the same move that we do with Bailey. We say, hey, you know, I've got damage control, but they're tag champions. They can handle themselves. Let them go about their way for a while. And let me focus on this feud with Becky. Because what we have with Bailey and Becky are two people that are bonafide stars that can work a microphone and can wrestle. And WWE doesn't have a lot of people that can work a one-on-one -on -one program right now. There isn't a ton of these. <coughs> Sorry, guys, I'm a little sick, so if I coughed in your ear, that's on me. Um, there isn't a lot of these people that you can say, hey, go give me a, a compelling one-on-one -on -one feud. Think about it. So you've got, like, Raquel. I I mean, I'm not the biggest fan in the world, so maybe that that's me, but I don't want to see her go do a two-month feud with anybody because week after week, you're going to get similar to the same promo, you're not going to get a lot out of it, and it's not going to make anybody happy. At this point, you can't really break Rhea Ripley or Mia Yim off of the factions, because if you do, then everything falls apart, because what does that do for AJ? What does that do for the Good Brothers? What does that do for Dominic Mysterio? It does nothing for them. So you could break them apart and do AJ versus Finn, but then you've got all these other people that are falling at the wayside. So... The way that they booked Raw at this point, it has to be the solo competition of Bailey and Becky. And you have to let them be free and let them have the freedom that they need to have to be wrestlers. And if anybody is going to do that and anybody is going to believe in them, it's Triple H. So we have what we have and it seems like the right choice. I'd say, I think I made a bet with Ted from the Heel Truth the other day, I'm saying until the Rumble. Let uh, let Damage Control stay until the Rumble. And if they're wrong, then I lost the bet. But I don't believe that we're looking at a turn right away. Now, Dakota Kai is the turn queen. So she will turn eventually. It will happen. You don't, um, you don't uh, fix a snake and not an ex expect a snake to bite. Because the snake's going to bite you eventually. And she will. She will bite, bite her. But... That being said, it's not time yet. We still got a little bit of ways to go, and I believe that we'll make it until the Rumble. Um, what are your thoughts on Bailey? Because her resume kind of speaks for itself, right? I mean, she is the face of TakeOver in NXT. Like, if you put together the list of the TakeOver matches that you love from the past, I would say that she's at least got two of those with uh, Sasha in the matches with Asuka. 
And then she carried Nia Jax to a third one, which I consider to be a really, really, really good match, too. Um, one of my favorite matches of all time is that Hell in a Cell match of hers. So she's done a lot for me in the past few years as far as consistently putting out good matches over and over again where I can look over a couple of losses and I don't really notice them. I don't know if that's just the way I watch wrestling or if I'm just standing my way through this. Who really knows? But at the end of the day, I know that uh, I don't want to see her turn to a face again. And if she gets the proverbial heel turn from Dakota Kai, she's going to be a face, and that's just the wrong direction. I Maybe I'm the only one that believes that, but I just, I just don't want that for her. Like, she's so much better as a heel because she has the ability to be... Um, What's the word? She has the ability to let loose on a microphone. We would have never gotten these mini feuds with Michael Cole and the things that I've enjoyed so much in the past from her. I, I just don't want that. That's not, that's not what I want as a wrestling fan and as a Bailey fan. I think uh, heel Bailey is far superior to face Bailey. And again, I I think this comes from a place of biasness because I tend to always lean towards the heel because it makes for better TV. And WWE has a fucking ton of faces. Fucking ton. Way too many faces, to be honest. So they need quality heels, and turning her face just adds to the list of people who are faces. While she would be quality... It's not necessarily what they need right now. So, we're going to finish this episode off, like we always do, with a movie review. And this week, it's not so much a movie review as it is a TV show review. So, I took the time to catch myself up on Young Rock this week. I don't know how many of you watch this show because I think as a fan of wrestling and as a fan of sitcoms, it works for me but I don't see it working for a lot of wrestling fans, and here's why. The cameos, every time they do these let's put a wrestler in the show cameos, are bad. Really, 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 really bad. Example, uh, the last uh, episode of season three I watched had Macho Man and Hulk Hogan and uh, Vince McMahon in it. And none of these people have the cadences or the mannerisms down for who the wrestlers are. And you're taking Mount Rushmore wrestlers for a lot of people and putting them into a 30-minute TV show for laughs, and you're not really doing the justice for who the characters are. Now, if you take this for what it is and you say, listen, it's a TV show, it's supposed to be funny, you don't have to take it too seriously, and you're able to watch it like that, then you're going to enjoy this show. But if you take it as, wow, that guy sounds nothing like Macho Man, you're going to hate this show. Because I would say alone, the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan um, characters are really, really terrible. Like, I, I don't know that the guy that plays Hulk Hogan has ever actually watched... Hulk Hogan in his life. I almost think that maybe he's never seen a promo, never seen a match, never seen the first thing that Hulk Hogan's done. That somebody just said, hey, you know, you're a little bit buff. 
Why don't you just say brother at the end of every sentence, throw your little headband out, and it's going to be great. And that's kind of what he did. But I think the star of the show, and rightfully show be so because the name of the show is Young Rock, is Dwayne. Dwayne's always had a talent of storytelling. That's what he does best. He tells stories better than most people do. And he is able to tell a riveting story and truthfully two or three stories at the same time because I think the first three episodes that are out on Hulu kind of like they kind of like went through the story of his dad being let go of WWE and Vince screwing his dad over but also the era where he was not the most popular wrestler before he joined the Nation of Domination so the the stories in it are real it's just sometimes the execution and the cameos will drive away a, a wrestling fan who is a little bit more of a wrestling purist because I've seen so many people do really really good macho man impressions uh, whether it be TikTok or you know all these different places you can find really really good impressions of macho man and this guy <laughs> really almost pushed me away and I'm by no means a wrestling purist but I really believe that none of these guys have watched the people wrestle because that good that also includes the stone cold guy because he is horrible looks nothing like stone cold again the cadences of stone cold are the reason that stone cold is stone cold because he's able to slip in these lines like a uh, weave his way through promos and and it feels real it feels like he wants to say the things that he's going to say. This guy doesn't do it for me. But I will say, as a TV show, I did get a couple little laughs out of it, and I did get some enjoyment out of it. I'm also a whore for a sitcom. So I will watch pretty much any bad sitcom and find my way into enjoying it. So I'm going to rate it, and the rating is going to be a 5 out of 10. Let's give it a hard 50%. Uh, shout out to The Rock. He uh, he does his thing, and that's fine. And I think the show is on its third season, so somebody's watching it. I don't know who it is, but somebody's watching it. And for the future, in this, it might be me, because I'm going to try to catch up. If they're putting out episodes on Hulu every week, I'm going to try to bang them out. I, I, I know that you guys uh, have listened to this whole episode, and I am so thankful that I didn't cough my way through the whole episode, because I recorded one last night. And it was a cop fest. Like, I was just coughing everywhere. Couldn't get my breath. So if this is breathy or I've coughed in your ear a couple times, I really appreciate you sticking through it with me. I'm a little under the weather, but I had a lot I wanted to talk about. And I am so, so, so thankful for you guys. I really am. Have a wonderful night. Thank you for listening. And remember, support Wrestling Podcast.